to Movie Reel. I'm Kevin Tracy. I'm Samantha Tomlinson. And what do we do on this podcast, Kevin? Uh, We talk about movies and have a grand old time. And this month we are going into Star Wars month. But not just Star Wars, specifically just the prequels. Because we already did the Red Stritch last year. (laughs) If you want to hear about that, check out those episodes because they're really funny. They, yeah, Um, they're, we're just like... (laughs) It's more, I feel like it's funny also because obviously you're a really intense hardcore nerd and I've only gotten into Star Wars in the last like five-ish years. So last year, particularly because last year I was watching Clone Wars and like just your excitement level. It's like, oh, I can, I can, I can like rewatch this vicariously through you you get to experience this for the first time and i get to experience that again yeah that's why i was excited um but uh yeah we're gonna be talking about the prequels this month um so we're starting off with uh phantom menace and uh before we get into that we have a special guest my friend ben who's been on a, a couple episodes so far so why don't you say hi ben hello there i'm uh the aforementioned ben <laughs> yes hello there indeed <laughs> so um the prequels. I watched them. I so like I said, I didn't get into Star Wars until I think I was like nineteen. It was like summer going like that year. Force Awakens was coming out the end of that year, and like we got uh, my sister, and my mom found the original Tridge on DVD and Blu-ray at like Costco. We bought them. I watched them, and then I'm like, "Yep, I love Star Wars." Um, I always knew <laughs> I was gonna love it. I just hadn't seen it. Um, and the prequels, I didn't own. I didn't have a way to watch it. And so one summer when we were still at Chico, you and I just watched yep. them. And I, first of all, I, I, I got to say, I remember we were watching them. And uh, Frank, who was your roommate at the time, had said yep. one of the best like insults I think I had ever heard referring to uh referring to the prequels he said watch because you were telling me how they get better by default yeah i i feel like the the worst one of the prequels is phantom menace and then the second one's a little bit better and then the third one i feel like is arguably the best would you kind of agree with that in that that kind of rating yeah i i get because I, the first time I watched them was like, oh yeah, Phantom Menace is definitely the worst one. I don't really, Attack of the Clones, everyone kind of universally says is the worst one. And I, this is how I view it. Phantom Menace, I have more issues with the story and the plot. It's just really thin. Whereas uh, Attack of the Clones, the story is a lot better, but the dialogue is not the best. And yeah, <laughs> I don't like sand. See, it's I have kind of a mixed reaction to Attack of the Clones because I know for a fact that was the first movie I ever saw more than once in theaters. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I I remember seeing all of these in theaters. Like, I I remember going into the theaters knowing that I already loved Star Wars because I basically grew up like I almost wore out like our VHS copies of the original trilogy. Like I watched those all the time. Like I I had like all these toys and stuff like that before like uh these movies even came out so i I was like probably like four or five when i saw phantom menace in theaters and i still have 
a bunch of like the toys and stuff that came with that. And then I saw, you know, two and three and just, I absolutely loved it. And I was, I was such a little kid, so I didn't really see all like the flaws that were there. I just saw it's like cool, yeah. awesome I mean, space yeah, action. Were great at the time. Oh yeah. And like, I was a kid and that like, at the time, like that was very much geared towards kids with like Jar Jar Banks and like, you know, like all the, the funny battle droids and, and R2 being kind of an asshole, but it was just, it, it was just really cool action that just was really cool to see. <laughs> and it, it definitely kind of hits that nostalgia, uh, um, nostalgic, uh, checkbox for, for me. But, uh, yeah, going back into it now, it's just, you, you, you can't ignore all the flaws now. No. Um, and I think the first time I watched them, that was just, I was just kind of blown away by how bad they were. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> specifically, like, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Because, obviously, we talked for, like, a long time last year about how, you know, Phantom Menace, not Phantom Menace, sorry, <laughs> the original trilogy changed cinema and just it's not just oh they were really pop it's not it's not quite the same as like what like avengers today if that makes sense like avengers didn't necessarily change yeah. uh film and you know this with the prequels um <laughs> i just was so i couldn't believe how like how did george lucas make a new hope and because he wrote did he write and direct a new hope he i believe he wrote and directed that and no i don't think he directed that one i think he only directed um uh return of the jedi Are you sure? i thought I, 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 I remember i think it was like irving kershner that was directed, empire um empire i gotta check i i thought he directed i think he directed oh no he did return direct of the jedi oh he, uh, he directed, I he directed new hope. jedi he directed yeah he direct wrote and directed new okay. hope he didn't direct the other two. Um, okay. And I was just kind of so, like, I didn't under... I wanted to understand. And I remember, like, I had been hearing all these complaints about Jar Jar Binks and all this stuff, and I didn't understand. And literally, the first, like, two minutes of meeting Jar Jar, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I get why everybody hates him. <laughs> and... We and, home. I mean, we'll talk about it more in a second, because, but like, I was just so, I was so surprised, but I also did agree with you. Each film, in a sense, does get better. I think, like I said, Attack of the Clones, the dialogue takes a dip, but, and uh, Revenge of the Sith does still have some, it does have some story issues, it has some dialogue issues, but uh, story-wise and plot-wise, it is definitely the most solid and it is the best one. And say whatever you want about the prequels, like you don't have to love them, whatever, but a lot at least acknowledge that they are way more they are better and way more fun than the sequels. I think. I yeah. I feel like Force Awakens, I was the most bored. Last Jedi, I was interested. Last Jedi has a bunch of good stuff in it, but it's overshadowed by the bad stuff. And yeah. then Rise of, Sky Rise of Skywalker, I was the most interested, but Rise of Skywalker should have been Last Jedi. <laughs> and it was just way more of a mess, whereas uh, the prequels, it is a consistent story. Like, yeah. 
George Lucas yeah. might, I, and I still kind of think this, I don't think he is, I don't think he's like a horrendous writer. I think because there are a lot of like great pieces of dialogue in these, but I think he is a really, he's an exceptional visionary and there's a lot of really like beautiful images. Um, oh, absolutely. Films, especially this one, like the Gungan city. I'm like, this is really, this is really visually very appealing and very nice yeah. to look at. And I- most, some of the locations in Phantom Menace are some of the best location shots and stuff they've done in Star Wars. I completely agree with that. Where yeah, was that? Italy. Somebody told like me Italy? It was in like, yeah, it was like in Italy. Um, like, a like lot of Naboo. the Tatooine, or yeah, a lot of the Naboo stuff was done in yeah, like the lakes and stuff on Italy. It's like Milan, I want to say, like Milan, Italy, or something like that. Maybe something like, like Como that. or something. Yeah, and then that sounds. Perfect. And then Tatooine. That's I, uh, Tun- um, Tunisia. Tunisia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Coruscant was soundstage. <laughs> yeah, but even the design, um, like the design, Coruscant for Coruscant... was blue screen. <laughs> yeah, the, the... yeah, Coruscant. That was that, that was real. That was on location. <laughs> the design for Coruscant, I think, is really cool, and I that's uh, one reason why I do like enjoy Attack of the Clones because I think the thing I love about the prequels though is because so they have grown on me. I said this the first time I watched them, I was just like, I couldn't believe why they were so much worse, but having you know, watched them a couple of times since they have grown on me a lot. I think also watching Clone Wars helped them grow on me. I think I love yeah. that it's the building blocks of what is going to happen. And we didn't need the sequels. We didn't need to know what happens after we did need no. this information. We needed to know because especially after Return of the Jedi, everything we just watched unfold, we needed to see like why did Anakin go to the dark side in the first place like what drove him there like it's and like what happened to all the Jedi yeah like like, how did the Empire become to be like all this stuff like it it makes sense like from like a story perspective to kind of like go back to the beginning and tell like how all this stuff happened but from like at the time if you just saw like a new hope it was just you know your average run-of-the-mill sword and sorcery movie just set in space like that was really like the only thing that kind of played it apart from all these other like crazy um fantasy movies at the time because that's essentially what this movie is it's a fantasy movie with a unique sci-fi twist yeah um i really i i said this last year and i recommend it still um, Mark Hamill, go on YouTube, Mark Hamill on Seth Meyers, and he talks about Star Wars. And he was saying how when he had first read the script, he kind of realized this isn't like regular science fiction. This is like Wizard of Oz in in the yeah. in that fantasy sense. Like yeah. it's it's more about the story and the adventure than anything else. Yeah. Um. So let's kind of like just j- jump right into the uh, the cast for this. This was. Very star-studded. Um, the st- the t- yeah, it shouldn't be called Star Wars because there were no stars in the sky. They were all in this movie. <laughs> Ooh, that was painful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's they can't. There's no. There's no war to be had because they're all in this movie. The all right. So, 
So I I, I really like that the, the movie kind of had like some like recurring uh, faces that we would see in like the original trilogy, mainly um, like Yoda, C-3PO and um, R2-D2. And I love that they were all like voice or like acted by their respective actors of Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker and Frank Oz. I, I, I thought that was like crazy. It's like, oh, it's them. It's still them. It sounds exactly like them. And it, I didn't really like associate that when I was a kid that it was like the same three people playing these same three characters. I just thought that was like really cool that we we get, kind of saw like where they first kind of started from. And uh, I also just really thought it was really cool seeing the uh, C-3PO scenes of just like him not with like any of his like plates on it's just like all of his exposed circuitry and how they were able to film that because like watching behind the scenes of like just like c3po kind of like walking around is crazy because it was basically just anthony daniels in like a green screen like morph suit or like it was either a green screen or a blue screen because he they used mainly blue yeah but yeah he he basically had like a morph suit on and he was just kind of like had uh the puppet of c3po kind of like in front of him and he had like the uh the arms kind of like uh like tied to like his forearms and like legs attached to him so he was just kind of like operating it from behind and kind of like moving in like a, a janky way to kind of like get the the feeling that like this robot was like moving on its own this droid was moving on its own um which i thought was really cool and you know frank oz and and kenny baker you know, R.I.P. Kenny. Um, it was it was just really cool seeing that like these like such iconic characters that are in like the majority of the Star Wars movies were able to reprise their roles. Um, special effects wise, what is? I mean, I don't know what what is the is there a difference between a blue screen versus a green screen? There is on like a technical aspect. I don't know the full difference between the two because that wasn't really like my field in in, in at Chico when yeah. when I was kind of going over that. Um, I would honestly have to look that up. Uh, but that it was pretty much what uh George Lucas used for the majority of his films for the the prequels because like. That that was all like also like another really big complaint that people were having with this movie because the originals were like all like heavily relied on like practical and special effects like that. There wasn't really you know CGI wasn't really a thing Couldn't back then. Do much back um, then. Yeah, it was it was very like lasers. That was about it. Um, uh, but this one like that was one thing that he, he got like heavily criticized on was that it was just so heavily based in cgi that it wouldn't age well and i can kind of agree with that like it towards like the the bet like the final battle at the end of like all the gungans and the the battle droids they literally had like one character model for the gungans <laughs> they, they 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 had jar jar they had like the captain tarpus and then like every other gungan was like the exact same copy and pasted gungan model and like all the battle droids were all the same. Well, I mean, the battle droids were all the same. Though, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that I mean that that one makes sense. But I mean, still, it was just like two CGR armies, and they're fighting on like the Windows XP background. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, that was my bigger issue. Was I was like, the sky is so fake blue. Like, yeah, that was I honestly. 
I took more issue with that than the copy and pasted um, Gungans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So so let, let's kind of just jump into Jar Jar since yeah. we're talking about. Okay, Gungans. this is my thing about Jar Jar because it finally kind of. We, we gotta address. Yeah, we gotta address the elephant. In the I here. wanted to <laughs> understand so badly why everybody hated him, and I know isn't he like supposed to be and. I know, aren't there, like, many of these characters supposed to be kind of, like, racial caricatures or something? You can de- you can very easily make that argument. Whether that's intentional or not is completely up to, uh, uh, I guess, creative difference. Or, or I, I think that's up completely up to, uh, oh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, audience interpretation. Because some of them, I'm like, I... I feel like I wouldn't, I don't think I would have thought of it until it was pointed out to me. Uh, and Yeah, no, I've, I've definitely gone down that rabbit hole. But for Jar Jar, um, first of all, let's, the other elephant in the room, um, because I think most people are aware, Star Wars fans are not, and this is not every single Star Wars fan, but just in general, Star Wars fans are kind of the worst fans I think I've yes, ever yeah. heard of. Um, like, they are, and I understand, yes, this is a very much a generational uh, franchise. Like, Harry Potter is starting to go down that road as, like, you know, fans get older. But it was, like, particularly when Phantom Menace came out, and even Mark Hamill, I don't know, maybe you guys have seen it. I saw, it was like a snippet of an interview he did where he was saying how he was so furious about how they, everybody, particularly, especially Jake Lloyd, how they treated Jake Lloyd, which we'll talk when we talk about Jake Lloyd. But um, yeah. it's just so unbelievable and inappropriate. And the fact that the actor who played uh, Jar Jar yeah, uh, Ahmed, Ahmed Best. A couple years ago came out saying he almost killed himself over the backlash. Which is like, like fans, do you yeah, see that, why that's, that's incredibly, horrifying? Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's 100% messed up. And I, I can't believe that it, it got that bad. And it's still kind of being that bad with the uh, the way that a lot of the actors from the uh, uh, sequel series... Like uh, half of them have quit social media just because they oh, can't deal with yeah, it. Yeah, like... Uh, like the actress who played like Rose Tico, like she basically had to quit and like Hayden Christensen basically told her, like, yeah, don't let them get to you. Like he had, he, he gave her like a motivational thing. Cause he's been good for him that since, since attack of the clones. Yeah. Like, every, like everyone kind of like hated him and his portrayal as, as Anakin. And I, that. I have, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him when we get to attack of the clones. Um, but yeah, good for him. But yeah, yeah. like Jake Lloyd, they like totally, that's why he left. He was a kid and they just, destroyed him and it's yeah, like yeah he, he, he had to been like what like eight years yeah old and when this mark hamill said you can find, like easily, easily find on youtube he said like he did exactly what george lucas wanted him to do he did not do anything wrong yeah. and that and just um again the actor who played jar jar it was just like this was all pre-social media can you imagine how much worse it could have been and the fact that it was already that bad is just so horrifying and not okay and so if you don't like the prequels that's fine if you don't like the sequels that's fine but it 
you know, put, put don't you don't need to put your no, blame it, it, on it, it's it's disgusting. You know, it's disgusting, and you don't need to put your blame. The actor, I mean, I I don't I don't want I don't like blaming the actors. There are times where yes, they are to blame, but in this case, like everybody needs to take a chill pill. Like it's yeah, but I mean, it, I, I'm I'm just glad that that Ahmed Best kind of got into a better place, and he's still kind of doing acting and. Just recently, or last year, he, he is now the host of a Star Wars-themed, like, um, Legends of the Hidden Temple-type show called uh, Jedi Temple Challenge, where he's basically, like, a Jedi master, and he has to get these, like, three teams of, like, Jedi Padawans to, to get through their trials to become a knight. And it, it's very much a Legends of the Hidden Temple-type, like, Nickelodeon show of them doing, like, obstacle courses and doing puzzles and solving riddles and stuff like that, so... It's just really cool that he was kind of able to kind of get out of the shadow of Jar Jar Binks, yeah. if that makes sense, and and become like a new character. I don't know if that's a canon character. It probably is at this point because Disney's rewriting everything. But we'll get um, to that later. But that's good because um, yeah, he, I, I whether the was the accent and the whole speech was that all George Lucas was that all him? I don't know, but like. Good thing he yes he's yeah. moving forward from that. Um, it did occur to me though. So enough about that stuff. But um, it did occur to me while watching Clone Wars, we uh when you guys said how like yeah like Jar Jar was definitely this is definitely was slightly catered to kids. There were a bunch of unnecessary jokes, usually led by yeah or like jokes. or like Jar Jar stepping in like poop. Like that wasn't why is it. Why does this need to happen? How is this relevant? This it's so stupid. I think there were maybe two Jar Jar jokes that I liked, and one was when he was like with his tongue at the dinner table at uh, Anakin's house, but he was like with like like a oh, frog yeah. like grabbing food with his tongue, and then he does it a second time, and Qui Gon grabs his tongue and tells him to stop, or when his like foot gets caught in a. a battle droid and then he's like oh if i like kick my leg i can keep shooting other droids like that was funny because it was useful yeah um and that other joke was just funny because like it, it was just that was a funny con i'll give them that but like it occurred to me yeah. we were supposed to like him the way people love like olaf or something in frozen we're supposed he's supposed to be yeah. that cute funny character the problem so is i could <laughs> look past his design how he talks but really, it's just that he's so clumsy, and it's almost never useful. It's just happening, maybe for comic relief, and it's not funny. It's just there. Yeah, but th there, there was the, the, the quote that uh, George Lucas said that Jar Jar's the key to everything. <laughs> and that they kind of, like, all the backlash that, like, everyone was giving towards Jar Jar, that it, it kind of slowly created the theory that Jar Jar Binks was a much more of a vital role to the, uh, the prequel series than he is now. And that kind of led to the full-on the theory Jar. of Isn't Darth that, wasn't Jar that confirmed Jar. Or something? No. Oh, okay. No, it's never been confirmed, nor, nor has it been denied. <laughs> I so there's still love, love that, that idea theory. Because the, yeah. that's just that's just amazing to me if he is actually a Sith Lord. Yeah. There, yeah, there, there has been so much like evidence to say that that's 100% like true and that he's, 
uh, okay, so in Phantom Menace, when they're like in the um like the the submarine thing, kind of going through it, um, there's a, a bit where uh he's he kind of like slowly kind of like waves his hand in front of uh Obi Wan's face, kind of similar to how they do mind tricks, and it's like we should be going back now, and then it cuts to like them kind of turning the ship in the way that Jar Jar just said. So it's like, oh, oh did dang, he just okay. do a mind trick? Or or like he um gets really like loopy because like they like nerve they basically like Vulcan nerve pinched him and coincidentally after he's like very much drained, another uh giant fish comes by and eats the fish that's chasing them, because there's always a bigger fish, because, you know, he used the force to summon oh. that. Uh, then Wait, there Jar Jar was, or Qui-Gon? Um, when... Jar Jar summoned Oh, okay. And now he's just very drained well, because he used a lot of energy to do the that. The theory isn't just that Jar Jar is a Sith Lord, it's that he's the Sith Lord. Wait! That's yeah. masterminding he, he, everything. Yeah, that he, he's, like, he's above like, Palpatine? Well, it's, that's the other part of it is he's also from Naboo, where Palpatine's from. Oh my god! Oh yeah, my there, god. there was a there, yeah, there was a theory that like he was like Palpatine's master, and then they had to change it to Darth Plagueis because by that point everyone hated Jar Jar, and that theory was completely or whatever was supposed to happen with like Jar Jar was the key to everything. Story got completely like swept under the rug because everyone hated him. So when the third one rolled around and Palpatine needed to make Anakin into Darth Vader. There was the whole, have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise and that whole story? So that ended up becoming his I mean, uh, uh, canonical master. I mean, um, that could just the, be Jar Jar's Darth, uh, his Sith name. Darth name. Darth yeah, I know. But I mean, there, yeah. but there's yeah, yeah, yeah. like... But there's been like a, a like a novelization of like Darth uh of Darth Plagueis and it was like um have we ever met I've, Darth Plagueis? No, only not in like any extended like, stuff. He's he's in it. O- only in like a novelization. Oh, okay, well, I, I think the the Plagueis novel. Well, is no yes, I know it's canon. it's no longer canon. It's 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 part of yeah. Legends now, but I mean for a while it was okay. Um, um I like we kind of we said this a little bit earlier, like. George Lucas, they're very. This is very clearly. I was thinking about this today because, so how? Yeah, the sequels was not a consecutive story at all, and no. this was like he. This might not have been he mapped out everything, but he at least because we, we know how it's going to end. We know it has to end with Anakin becoming Darth Vader. Yeah. That's the end. So what happens between? And we are. I you know. So through that, we have to meet him as a kid. So what happens in that allotment of time? So because he had like an actual like, in a sense, he had like a boundary or he had a he had a stopping point. I think it was good because it was wide enough that he can go in many directions as well as, okay, he has to rein it in to get to this. It needs to go in this one direction. Um, Yeah. And so... (laughs) We're like thirty minutes in, and we barely <laughs> scratched the surface on this movie. <laughs> yep. Um, this, sorry, guys. This might be a long episode. Um, so, so um, I kind of, I kind of figured. <laughs> so, 
this, you know, the, this uh, episode one, it kind of starts, this is obviously like 10 years before the Clone Wars. And so the Trade yeah. Federation doesn't, is stopping, uh, uh, you know, trade All, with Naboo. Yeah, yeah and, they, they have a full blockade, which consists of eight ships standing in one section in front of the planet. And that is a blockade of the entire planet, which makes no sense to me, no matter how many times it's been explained to me. Yeah, it's the canon reason is they're blocking hyperspace. Yeah, oh. but it's just like, but that's never mentioned in the movies. Oh at yeah, all. no, which kind of confuses the living hell out of me. But it's just like, I, I I'm just, I'm just gonna go around. <laughs> well, even in the movie, like Qui Gon said, like this. I think it was Qui Gon. He said, like this doesn't really make sense. Why the Trade Federation would be doing this? And obviously, okay, we know it's the going to be Emperor. We know it's Darth Sidious. Tell or we know it's this guy. Is wait is okay. That's the other thing. Is is that is Palpatine the Phantom Menace or is it Darth Maul? It's Sidious, right? It's not really known. I I I, I always I mean, kind of interpreted yeah. it as the Sith because by that point all the Jedi just assumed the Sith were God, and then they just suddenly returned out of nowhere. It's like, oh, this menace—they've returned like a Phantom, and that's just kind of like how okay. I I I perceive that. Okay. Um, so yeah, Sidious is, or we don't know it's Sidious, but Sidious is saying, no, he, like, no, he, he, no, he does? New, New Gunray calls, yeah, New oh. Gunray calls him Lord Sidious. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, he he yeah. doesn't call him Darth, he calls him Lord Sidious. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we know it's Sidious, and it still doesn't make sense, and the only thing I can assume is, because we know, we'll eventually find out later, it's Palpatine, and Palpatine, obviously, being the senator of Naboo, like, is that why, like, other than him being of connected to Naboo, what was the reason to choose Naboo for this? He he chose Naboo because Senator or Queen Amidala was so young that he felt like he could kind of manipulate her into getting um, the other like senators to vote a uh, vote of no confidence for the current chancellor chancellor valorum so that way he could run for chancellor and he could just assume all the power in order to continue on with his like 15 long year plan of I know, ruling the galaxy crap. and killing the jedi his 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 plan is so fucking convoluted and so meticulously planned out that if like i felt like if one thing went wrong like so early on that it just completely like how how can you salvage this? But I think like, there's so many things that could have gone wrong in just this one movie alone. I it's like I agree, but I also think that's kind of the beauty in the whole thing is because it is so intricate and so detailed, and there were many factors in the end, at least many factors that if one thing had changed, I, I mean, it might not have exactly worked out the way it did, um, but. It's it's kind of just mind blowing to me that he's such a the fact that it is so long that he's like at least it's like a, at least like thirteen plus years of him planning this. Yeah, yeah, like, it's like it's like a twenty year plan. It's like as as old as that Anakin. also means he has as much the he has more time to you know if something goes wrong to make a quick change and adapt. So I yeah. think if anything, I was just kind of my mind was just blown after Clone Wars, like. Holy crap! He is a criminal mastermind. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so deep. It's but, not even just but, how detailed the plan is, but how like the entire 
he, the fact that, again, I don't think, when we were watching Phantom Menace, I don't think I knew that Palpatine was the Emperor. I think you were kind of, like, asking me, like, questions, maybe, like, like... Like, yeah, I, I was kind of asking you to gear it towards that to kind of like gauge what you knew so it didn't accidentally spoil anything. I didn't anything. know, I think, yeah. but looking back now, I'm like, he's so damn manipulative. And was the was the other, for the previous Chancellor, was he actually bad? Ch- no, he, he was doing everything that he could. From, from what I remember, he was a very competent and pretty generally well-liked Chancellor. Like, he was very, like, he had very good relations with Yoda. Um, He, like, was able to, like, make very decent, calculated decisions for the majority of the Senate. It was just... Palpatine had manipulated so many senators that eventually, like, kind of joined the the Confederacy of Independent Systems that it it just bogged down delegations in the, the Senate that whenever any major crisis happened, like what was going on with Naboo that had somewhat time-sensitive factors to them, that they would just get bogged down in like constant like floor meetings and debates and all these delegations that his hands were completely tied with bureaucratic red tape that he couldn't do anything. That is kind of why so I way, love this yeah. time, this period of Star Wars because it's so much, it's yeah. not just, I mean, in, in like, again, the original, it's just, as far as, like, we know, like, you know, a bad guy wants to take over, the, be in control of the galaxy. That's it. But it's, like, it's so much more yeah. complicated, like, and the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's not just taking control, it's also, like, took control over an entire government and crippled it and (laughs) rebuilt and it's just so intense and and complicated and i kind of love it because of that yeah but yeah but my one critique is that in all fairness palpatine's plan 100 percent should have failed with this movie yeah because when 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 queen amidala shows up with like with like uh, uh like her entire like entourage and she's like, hey, this is what's going on with the boo. Like, we need your help right now. And then, like, the legal representation of the Trade Federation, which is another thing that makes, which kind of confuses me, is the fact that this is a, this is a corporation, not not a, 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 a govern, governing body. Why do they have a seat yeah, in the I'm Senate? Thinking- for the Galactic... It's like, that, that, that'd be like if Amazon and Starbucks <laughs> have, like, their own, like... Senators in 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 our our government, it makes well, no sense. But the uh, the yeah. Trade Federation is a individual group that's headed by Nimodia. Yeah, but Nimodian. yeah, and but that's it's who, not like every, is that a system. Yeah, but it's not like every. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a system, and that's what New Gunray and like pretty much everyone who works there okay. is a Nimodian. Um, but it was just like. But but that's not like that's not like the legal representation in lieu of Nemoidia. Like they have like their own legal representation, and then there's this. So it's not like this is in uh, uh, substitution for the other. It just it it. I just thought that was really weird that there was like there was that, and then there was like the banking claim. There was all these other like legal um, representations of all these like corporations and like mining guilds and stuff like that in this in the Galactic Senate 
where they could voice their reasons and push their agenda to make a profit, which that seems like such a bad idea <laughs> to have a corporation in the Galactic Senate. But my main problem is that when Queen Amidala is stating her, her case and the Trade Federation shows up and is like, hey, I object. She has like zero proof. She's just making us look bad because her her planet is being blockaded totally legally, by the way. We are legally allowed to do this. And it's like, yeah, there's no there's no proof saying that like her her any of what she's saying is is true. It's like, um, actually, we have tons of evidence. I have two Jedi's as witnesses. I have this footage of our ship getting shot at and like losing almost all but one of our droids. And I have this hollow message of like one of my uh, legal representatives saying that like the death toll is catastrophic. You must stop them. Yeah. So it's like, why? was none of this brought to the floor instead of just getting rid of the chancellor. I felt like that, that would have been way faster just proving all external that. External canon all that stuff kind of comes in. The Senate at this point is like broken because it's so corrupt. So it's like it's bogged down to the point where I can't get anything done. Yeah. And that all is poured onto Valorum's feet. But he's not the true cause of it. I, yeah, I know. I, I felt like he kind of got dealt a bad hand because he's he basically is dealing with like, yeah, he's, he's dealing yeah. with like all this like cancer. Basically, is what he has. He he basically is dealing with his cancer and like it's like let's just cut it out. And they they're they're using him as a scapegoat so Palpatine can get in. But it it's like you have so you have so much overwhelming and an abundance amount of just very factual evidence that it's like even if half of the Senate was corrupt, that, like, the other half is like, yeah, what the hell? Let's do that. I, I feel like enough of the corrupt politicians are like, yeah, this is gonna look bad if I don't vote yes on this, that eventually they will do that. Just so that they can at least kind of keep, like, a public image of being a fair politician. That's a really good point, because the movie was just making it out like, oh, uh, they're not gonna go stop the Federation from occupying them let's just get rid of the chancellor. But you know, that's a good point. Like, Hey, uh, I have, I do have proof or actually better yet. Come on, Congress. Let's, let's go take a, let's go take a field trip to the boo and <laughs> you'll see. It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. That, that's like my only gripe with this movie. And I feel like it's kind of like a huge thing. I, I, I feel like, it was just done in a way of convenience for the sake of the story. But at the same time, it's just like, you guys could have easily convinced the Senate. I don't know why you guys are doing this, it um, in this also, way. Um, does, do the like queen or the ruler of the system outrank the, like the Senator? Cause the Senator is just like a, repre- a representative They're, of the system. It's, the Senator is just a representative to the yeah. Senate. So t- yeah, not the leader of the people. Yeah, no, it, it yeah, no. I feel like it, it'd be kind of like if, like, um, like the, like the prime minister is still the prime minister of England, but they're still like the representative in like the UN. The prime minister still okay. outranks the representative in the UN, but the UN, the representative of the UN, represents them okay. as a whole. Well, it's and just like in the US, we have senators yeah. in the Senate, but the governor is the one that's 
essentially has the most power in the state. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, so Queen Amidala, who's Natalie Portman and like, sometimes Kira Knightley, um, which I think the first time I watched it, I couldn't tell the difference. Like, I knew, yes, that's Natalie Portman, and I knew that she was the queen. But, like, it, there were, when I first watched it, it was hard to identify when the switch happened. And then now it's, I feel like it's super obvious. Their faces are similar enough, but different enough that you can see when it's clearly the bodyguard or when it's the decoy. And yeah. she's like, what, supposed to be like 14? I think canonically she's like 14, 15 years old when she's uh, the queen of so Naboo. what? And they just, anyone can be any age, can be a ruler? She, she was the youngest, I believe. She was the youngest but... ever elected queen. Yeah. Which is weird she... because they use the, they use queen, but she was elected. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, it's basically it's a title, but yeah, she's it's it's basically prime minister. She basically has the power of that. She she isn't like it's not like a birthright. Yeah. Like, yeah, it makes no sense why they she's called queen when it's an elective it's an elective I mean, position because when queen she, yeah. I just sound better than like yeah, but no, it yeah, does, no, I but yeah. yeah, it is it is kind of confusing when they they call her a queen when it's like. Mm, no, that's not what a queen does, but, but okay. um I wanna I really wanna talk about so the first scene of this movie when two Jedi have been sent by the Chancellor to uh, you know, what's going on with the Trade Federation and you know, it's Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson, and young how old is Obi-Wan supposed to be in this? Like eighteen, maybe? Oh. He's fifty seven in a new hope. Twenty-five. Twenties, I, I want to well, say. Then? What is like the age for like? So that's, so that's the thing. They're saying they don't want to train Anakin because he's too old, and he's like nine. How old technically is a youngling? Like, what is the age range? Like, like, like three. three? Well, then when do you come the <laughs> Like, like very young. Like they they try to get them like as early as, but not well, not as early as possible. Yeah, it's anytime they show younglings in other media well, it's they're you, always um, as what is yeah. the toddlers. age you become like a padawan you, you basically become a padawan once you're um once you can function on your own yeah well i, I thought it was like you you become a padawan once you actually have like an, an assigned master and everyone else was just considered like a youngling or like a padawan well, because anakin obviously just seems to skip youngling and goes right into being a padawan yeah, he he gets straight into like, yeah, you're gonna be trained by by Obi Wan, like, and that just was calling it because we um, know they say he's nine, and then the next movie is ten years later, so he's got to be nineteen, and the next one's three years later, so he's like twenty one. So age, I know his age. It's really just Obi Wan that I'm just really curious. He's got to be, yeah, like, okay, I can believe he's in his like late twenties, Nate, or or not, sorry, early twenties. I mean, late teens, early twenties. Yeah, it's like like yeah, it's like early twenties, like okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Naboo's, you know, being occupied to get <laughs> the queen out, and they got end up on Tatooine. And, okay, th- so, Breeze, well, because what was it? Like, they needed a new part, and this was the closest planet. Yes. Because, because reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're their hyperdrive was leaking and they decided to hide out on Naboo be, or on Tatooine because it's controlled by the huts and the huts aren't looking for them. 
Yeah. Um, which makes funny. sense. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So on the ship is when we meet uh, Padme for the first time. And obviously Padme later is revealed as Queen Amidala. And the like, person who's standing in is a the decoy, like her bodyguard. First of all, how old is the bodyguard supposed to be? Like also 14? <laughs> Around yes. the same age. Okay. Um, and I was just thinking like, I'm, I understand, okay, let's just keep her out of the spotlight and it's safer to put, have the bodyguard be in, take the, take the place of the danger, but take, be stand in the way of the danger. Anyway, um, but I didn't understand why she would still use her name. Obviously the captain and all the people on board are recognized, like know that Padme is the queen, but, and, and I can believe that the Jedi don't know, realize it, but wouldn't they have known her name? Like, I'm, oh, Queen Padme Amidala. Hmm, you're also named Padme? Like, I, huh, crazy. I mean, I'm sure it was like Padme is a, a relatively common name on Naboo, and That's, it's not like she yeah. was. And I'm sure, and it's not like she was giving out her last name. It's like, oh, hi, I'm Padme. Yeah. It's, it'd be like me going, I was like, hi, I'm John, when it's like, oh, it's like, what's your last name? It's like, uh, irrelevant. <laughs> well, it's Just, um, relevant, yeah. Even for Padme, her a- Amidala isn't her family name. It's oh. her. It's her Rengal, or it's, it's the name you take when you become a ruler. Because she's, I did not know that. Because she's still when she's senator, she's still Senator Amidala. Yeah, it's. So what is her family name? If, if do you know? Um, it's Navari. So, uh, when they, oh, I forgot, when they're escaping uh, Naboo, um, and of course, there's all these droids that go out to fix the... The hyperdrive. The hyperdrive, and and all of them die, except one, the one that, the only one we care about, R2. It's, 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 it's just, it's, I just love that this is a world where even, there's even throwaway robots that, like, Oh, it doesn't matter. We know they're gonna die because obviously, oh, uh, I almost said Obi Wan because obviously R two is not gonna die. Here. Yes, um, at least, um, or at all, or at all. R two yeah. is immortal in our hearts. I mean, he's a droid, so yeah, droids yeah. are essentially immortal. I mean, R two is the biggest um, point of that is he's, he's blown up how many times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I mean, out of like everyone in the Star Wars like canon, R two has like the highest like kill count, rivaled next to Darth Vader. I mean, this is a world where you can you can survive being you can survive being blown up, you can survive being cut in half, you can survive being electro uh, electrocuted and thrown down a hole. Like it's it seems very if you if you're a uh, an important character, it's very hard to die. Plot armor is real in Star Wars. <laughs> um, or is that just the Force? Well, I mean, if if Phantom Menace was the first movie to have been filmed, R2 would have been just the random droid that survived. Yeah, we wouldn't have thought anything it's of only, it. It's only, important, it's only a weird thing that he survives because we know that he is the one that's going to survive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I just, I, that, that kind of reminds me, there was, there was a, a funny moment where, um, 
my old roommate Aaron, his, his car like wasn't working, and we were watching. We were talking about Star Wars at the time because, of course, we were. <laughs> and his engine was stalling, and he eventually got it starting again. And I just immediately, because we were talking about Phantom Menace, and I immediately said, "It's like that little droid did it. He bypassed the main power drive." <laughs> <laughs> just immediately quoted like a random line from that movie. And he kind of just became a running joke every time he started his car. It's like, that little droid did it! <laughs> Bypass the main power drive! <laughs> so, anyway... They're on They're on Tatooine now, and then we find uh, Jake Lloyd uh, playing young Annie Skywalker. Totally. Uh, he was... Yeah, little little Annie. Which, there's actually a Star and, Kid, and it, uh, you know, Star Kid. They did, like, a very Potter musical and stuff like that. They did, like, a Star Wars musical called Annie. <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> um but i can only imagine what that's parodying so, so um, i and, and we also meet his master um watto who has who's probably just a caricature of <laughs> just i felt like like the majority of the races the alien races in this movie were some kind of racial caricature yeah and i think yeah. you can all imagine what watto was trying to be okay Here's the thing. I my, I don't want to say it. I don't want to be canceled. <laughs> well, because my friends, one of my friends made the point saying he actually looked kind of like a very cliche, like Italian guy. And I was like, and I think it was the way he spoke. Yeah, and I was like, I can see it. I didn't. Not the, not the, not the caricature I, I and heard. Kevin, I know, Kevin and we all know not, where you're going. Yeah, and I'm. Yeah. It's like this is coming from an Italian. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't really. It's it's. Yeah, I mean there are various caricatures throughout this. It's just unnecessary. Like. Yeah, like the the main ones being Jar Jar Watto and Federation. New Gunray, yeah, the, just yeah. literally everyone from the Federation. Oh, yeah. So actually, quick side question. So they kept calling him Viceroy. Was that his name or a title? That's his um title. That, that, that's okay, that's what I thought. His name is Newt Gunray. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, okay, that's it's Viceroy, but my friends yeah, he, call me Roy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he is Viceroy of the Trade Federation. And fun fact, um, the reason why they pick battle droids to be like their like security like enforced protocol like droids was because the design of the head resembles what like mummified Nemoidians look like and that was purely coincidental because they were actually designed more to look like their designers which are the Geonosians who we meet in episode 2. I mean, but the original concept art for the Nemoidians was... Oh yeah, the original concept for the Nemoidians looks way different. I can throw it in the Discord. Yeah, it looks way different. I'll I'll try and send that in Discord later, but yeah. It's... Just look up the... Just look up original concept art for, for... like, like Newt Gunray, and it is completely different than what we get in the movie, um, which is still really cool seeing in like all the original concept art. But yeah, that was another fun fact for you guys. So, um, so yeah, Watto is an unnecessary caricature, and Anakin is his slave, and they go to him because they need like a part. And I think that at this point, I was just like, because again, knowing what was gonna happen because i do think as an audience as a like kevin and like ben the first time you guys saw this did did you assume that padme was gonna be his like love interest in 
the in the next film like did you think not really. yeah because i think i was just like wait so this kid is gonna get natalie portman pregnant like that just was well, i mean as an adult keep, he keep, will but like <laughs> yeah, well keep in mind we were like, like i was maybe that i can remember i can't remember the first time i saw this movie but okay i don't mean the pregnant part but I, the whole like aware of thinking of her as like a love interest yeah, no like i had no idea <laughs> about that i mean i was like i was like at most five years old when I saw okay. this movie. Maybe six. I, I had no concept of like what romance was. That would have been like fun. I thought romance was sharing fruit snacks at lunch. That's what my concept of romance was as a child, Sam. Is that what you want me to know? I thought Anakin was going to share fruit so snacks he, with her. If he, that's, all, that's what if I he thought. Her, if he shared his gushers. You, with her, well, yeah, yeah, he was gonna share his gut. Yeah, he was gonna share his gushers, and then he was gonna just pull his hair, and that's how that's how Padme would know that she that he liked her. That's that's what my entire concept of romance was at that age when this. But movie okay, came but out. you think viewing this as an adult, like if you let's say you hadn't seen it, because again, I I already just I it wasn't even just like I assumed, like I knew that she is gonna be that what was gonna happen. So I feel like I didn't, there was no, I'm just curious to any, like an adult watching this when this came out, were they like, oh yeah, she's obviously going to be, you know, Luke and Leia's mother, or it was just, she's just like a, she's just the character in this. I'm just, you know, but if you guys don't remember that, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, yeah, like... You're you're kind of asking like yeah, guys because we. I saw feel like it's, I mean, but you it's, it's like I feel like it's something I've just always known was yeah. a thing. I can't yeah, think back to I, like oh oh wow. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to imagine us not knowing what we yes. know when it when especially when it comes to Star Wars. It's just kind of something that's like intent like it's just such an integral part of like who we are as people that we just have like this knowledge like permanently planted in our heads at such a young age like the whole vader thing even that something that i've just always known yeah like luke is like vader is luke's father like that's something that i I spoilers kevin come on i talked (laughs) about that a year ago come on i I don't know you could have some weirdos watching your podcast in chronological order but but i i I agree like i i get what you mean by that because that was the thing. Was like when by the time I finally got into Star Wars, I obviously knew all this stuff. There was very little surprise, unfortunately. I think there were there were some surprises, um, more so I think in the sequel, in I, the prequels. But there was very little like uh, yeah, I knew pretty much everything. I I do I do remember. I know that's why I'm like we'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> we'll talk about when we get there. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I knew you were gonna figure it out. Oh, I'm so oh my excited. god! Okay. It's like there's, there, yeah, there's one thing that got you so off guard, and I, I kind of wish that I had gotten your reaction. <laughs> I really wish that I was filming it because it was just. Oh, I think that gold. your my, my memory of your reaction to something of my of you watching my reaction or that what we're let's talk about in a couple of weeks and uh uh yep. that one episode of Danny Phantom that's like Infinity War. Is that those are those are right? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> you literally went. You literally oh my god! Yes, and, went, and jaw drop. As my jaw. Yep, and your jaw. Dro- <laughs> um. Um. 
Anyway, so Anakin, young Anakin, <laughs> he, I mean, again, we talked, it, I have no real issue with uh, Jake Lloyd. Everybody get, you know, get over yourself. Um, he was just a kid. He was just. He did, he did what he was told. Movie. He did. What he, yeah, exactly. He did what he was told. I don't really have an issue with his performance. Yeah, I, I never, I ne- yeah, I never had an issue with Jake Lloyd as, or like his portrayal as Anakin. It was just like, it was just kind of like. I think the only major gripe that I can see people having with Jake Lloyd being Anakin was he was such an innocent little kid. How did this kid turn into the ruthless killing machine that is Darth Vader? Like, how how could he go from this to one of the most iconic villains in cinematic history? I think that was what people yeah. were having a hard time dealing with and accepting was how can you tarnish something that is so iconic and beloved? But that's kind of what I really actually really like because yeah, kind of the sense of, but also the whole reason of why he turns to the dark side. There's from, from this episode to the very end, there were so many factors and I kind of, so I kind of love that. I agree. He is, Maybe you could say he's a little too innocent, but he's just a, you know, kid living, he's a mom, he's trapped in this, uh, he's, he's a slave. Yeah, him, yeah, him and his mom are both slaves. Like, I don't really, I think of anything performance-wise, it's very much, he's it's very much a 90s character. Like, oh no, this is yeah. not good. Like, it's a little of that, uh... I'm trying to like almost sick sitcommy kind of vibes. Yeah, or like yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it totally is a sitcom because he just like rolls up to his house. He's like, "Mom, I'm home. I found these people on the street. I brought them home with me. <laughs> one of them, one of them's a crazy <laughs> alien with weird ears." Yeah, hope we have enough food to feed these like three extra people I just picked up. <laughs> Even and as. Us as slaves, we can afford to feed three extra mouths. Oh yeah, they don't have any money either. Yeah. That was, okay, so something I noticed though was the, and maybe in his room it's very, there is a wiffle ball like catcher. Yes. Like just That's yes. just been painted I had silver. one of those as a kid. <laughs> I did too. And there, did, uh, did every like, kid in the 90s yes. just have one we, of I had those? those too. My cousin Probably. had them. Played it all the time. Yeah. And um, I think, but also the cups that they're using, they look, I don't know, they look very much like 90s plastic cups, like that I had in my house for, or my grandparents had, like, they, they very much look, they don't look, and I know it's not, it's not really a complaint, it was more of an observation, it was just kind yeah. of funny that these little 90s-esque things just uh, managed to make their way into Star Wars. And um, so actually, going back to when we first meet Anakin, and he he and Padme start talking and she's like oh you're a slave and he's like I'm a person and my name's Anakin like it's I'm very like I was he's he clearly I just think it's kind of adorable but also sad that he as a nine-year-old recognizes that he's as a slave could so easily like be stripped of his identity and loses lose lose his identity like, 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 loses sense of being a person. 
Yes, and the fact that he's he just clearly is holding on to that so much that he yells at at, at a random person who's and and she and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't know. And it's she like, later says, yeah, it's well, like yeah, yeah. She later has no idea that like slavery was like still a thing because it's because you know the the republic does not exist out here. Yeah. Um, um, so so yeah. kind of jumping forward. Yeah. They they find the part in like Waters Garage, but he only wants to sell using credits and they only have Republic credits. So they don't, well, you missed the whole point where Watto claims he's the only one that has Nubian parts. Yeah. They, yeah. For their specific yeah, they, ship. Yeah. They, yeah. They need like this one very specific part. And he apparently is the only person who has it. Um, so they decide to gamble what money they have, including their ship. And they basically are like gambling, literally everything that they own on a pod race, which I feel like is arguably like one of like the best parts of the movie is the pod race. Yeah. Okay, here's it's my... like that that and Jewel of the Fates are like the best parts of this movie, in my opinion. This is what I think is funny because um okay, I don't remember I can't think of his last name, but Kevin, do you remember Ben? We had a couple classes with him. He would sometimes hang around BCAC TV. A little he yes kind one of one time said how like I think it was when we were watching the prequels and I was telling him that we're watching them. And he said how like he was, we were talking about how bad, bad it was. And he was saying how like uh, everybody, like when people say like, no pod racing's great. He's like, no, you think it's great. <laughs> and <laughs> I realized cause the pod racing is really fun. The problem, this is where I think this is where some of the plot issues, actually there's something we skipped, which we'll talk about in a second, but um, basically it goes on for so long, and well, you gotta show, you gotta cheer the whole race, all three but laps. We know at this point we see that Darth Maul has been sent. He's been he's he's trying to kill, I mean Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Correct. He's going after the Jedi. Yeah, he he's he is sent to capture uh, Queen Amidala and bring her back to Naboo so that she can be forced to sign oh, the settlement okay. treaty okay. to make their invasion of Naboo legal. Okay, and. We see him arrive, and then we see, like, his, like, droid, like, fighter droid flying around, and then, and then we don't see him for a very long time, and then we see him just before he attacks Qui-Gon, and I was showing, I told this to my friends, like, this was my issue, that I felt like the buildup to not just this fight, but I feel like just, this is where I think the plot essay is thin, because they didn't, he, uh, there was so much world building or building upon stuff we already know, which is great. But like that, when when we get to um, Darth Maul is like on his like speeder and then like just jumps out of nowhere. My friends are like, "Oh, that this came out of nowhere." I'm like, "See, like it just seemed so random because we weren't being given a proper buildup." And that's well, I feel I feel like there was like proper buildup. No, I think like, there were a couple scenes of like him on like Tantooine and he's like you see like the probes kind of going around searching the city and like yes when, after like the pod race and like uh Qui-Gon's talking to Watto is like you're gonna pay up right you see like the probe like literally like fly by him in the background and then like zip away or like, oh I found I found the Jedi let's go <laughs> I gotta tell my master I'm like, okay so but or there should be at least like the the if we didn't see the entirety of the pod race and it cut to just something else, um, something else that furthered the plot, because it, it 
it's I it's been a long time since I've watched them, but I think there was a cut there. Scene. I don't. They're probably there might have, but it wasn't uh, that long or offered really anything of use. It was really primarily in this Anakin focusing on Anakin and the other, uh, you know, pod racers and cutting back and forth to, uh, you know, Qui-Gon and the mother and Padme all watching. And I just think if it was something other, something useful, I think it would have made it a little bit stronger. Yeah, I I don't, I don't remember a lot of the cut scenes from Phantom Menace. The one that I do remember is when Anakin is like like fixing up his ship, uh, the the pod racer, and like you know like there's the scene of like all of his like friends showing up and like one of them's like this like short little like Rodian friend. There's a cut scene of like another Rodian showing up, kind of bullying Anakin, and his Rodian friend is like, "Hey, brother, leave him alone," and it's like, "Shut up." And it's and then he says that his brother's name, the one that bullying Anakin, is Greedo. <laughs> okay. So the, that the was same the Greedo from really... New Hope. Yes, the same. This apparently the same Greedo. But that yeah, isn't literally adds nothing yeah, to the see, movie. That... It's just like ha, ah, fun name drop. As okay, bye. That should be cut because that doesn't do anything. I just think that was my issue was the build up to the ending wasn't done. I think it wasn't as strong as it could have been. And I think the pod racing, although it is fun, it takes up a lot of time. And if it was cut down just like a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit and cut to something else, just, or another bat, like, uh, you know, Obi-Wan and the rest of the, the people from the boo are still on the ship. Uh, Or even another scene, like Darth Maul is like, like they're running out of time. Like he's getting closer and closer to finding them. Like something like that. So yeah, I think the pod racing is really fun. I think personally it goes on for a second, a little bit too long. And yeah. also fun fact, I love how throughout this. So the uh, speaker, the announcer is Tom Hanks. Yes. And it's very noticeably Tom Hanks. Like you can totally hear it. And uh The Warwick... crowd's going wild. <laughs> oh, also I thought it was just funny. The, the crowd was hilarious because they're like, oh, like, oh no, uh Anakin or Young Skywalker has like, Yes, Young Skywalker is stalled. <laughs> he's about to die or say saying something that sounds really yeah. bad and the whole audience yeah, is like, like, Whoa! Like what? Are you rooting against Oh, him? I don't care what galaxy you're from. That has to hurt. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, here comes Mahonic on his Fennec BT Cruiser. There goes the... Ben Quadranero's power coupling. <laughs> Quadranero? Yeah. He looks like uh, I remember that one the most because his name is Ben. <laughs> 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 That's the only Ben character. I mean, uh, that's yeah. the second uh, ben, ben that Kenobi. showed up on Tatooine. Oh, so yeah, apparently Ben is just a common name on Tatooine. Yeah. Except it isn't because Obi-Wan used the name Ben before he ever went to Tatooine. Or before yeah. he ever lived on Tatooine. Wait, yeah. he did? He That's yeah, that, that, the name he went by like... briefly during the Clone Wars arc where he un- went undercover as a bounty hunter. Wait. I don't... I think. I remember that episode. I don't remember or, that. No, he, he, he went... He was under... He went he under... The identity of... um Another bounty um, hunter. Yeah, it was yeah, another pre-existing no. bounty hunter, but he did have he the used the name of, of Ben. He used the name Ben in Clone Wars at one point. Maybe I just didn't yeah. notice that. Okay. Yeah, no, he, like that was a, like that was a no nickname that he had, which makes no sense. That like 
<laughs> that Vader didn't find him sooner. <laughs> it's like, wait, Ben Kenobi. Hmm. Could that be my old master Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi? No, no, no. no his name wasn't be. Ben. It couldn't be him. Yeah. Wait, but he is wearing Jedi robes. No, his name no, wasn't it Ben. couldn't be him. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay, so so they, they do the pod race and, and manage to get all the parts, and then Maul confronts like Qui-Gon for all of two seconds before they escape, and it's like, I have no idea what the hell that was, but he was trained in the Jedi. It's, we we got to tell the council when we get back to to, to Coruscant. So we. And when they get there, they 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 get to to Coruscant, and Anakin's kind of being briefly trained by the pilot, which kind of leads into like, oh, that's why he was such a good pilot because he was trained at such an early age. Um, we got to. Oh wait, sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, I was saying we got to talk about something very important that we have not brought up yet. So. Two, actually, two things. Uh, one, metachlorians. They're stupid. Let's just... Fuck, no, we are not talking about metachlorians. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> so, okay, they, you know, Qui-Gon is hanging out with Anakin, and then he does a blood test and sends it to Obi-Wan, and he's like, wow, these are off the charts. Like, was it like 2000? Even Yoda doesn't have a reading like this. And this yeah. just pissed me off because metachlorians are a major cop-out. Because they're yeah, trying, because they they were trying to come up with like some way to measure how much someone yeah, they had to give some way to most like oh look how powerful he is he's as he's yeah, all the force in him as, yeah, well, yeah rather than I I felt like they should have done something kind of like how like Green Lanterns are are able to use their their power ring of like it is it's only as strong as the person's will well it's, they could have also done it like they do in Harry Potter at the beginning of. The first Harry Potter is just show Anakin accidentally using that the force That is to do what stuff. I was saying, telling my I'm like, yes. Yeah. Or because I was thinking about this, well, how like how Darth Vader at the end of New Hope says, like, wow, the force is strong with this one. And he like and Qui-Gon could have just said that. He could have just said, like, I've never felt such a strong presence of the force than I do from this kid. Because yeah. he's half force. Uh, I- like, um, yeah, because he was born of the force. Isn't it, um, he, like, I think my roommate was saying how, like, the uh, there was a the force, there was an imbalance, and so they literally just it's like a Jesus thing, I think was what we were saying. Yeah, they, they, they were basically trying to make him a Jedi Jesus thing, but I, I felt like the perfect way to, to kind of allude to the fact that, like, Anakin was so strong with the force is when, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan land there, it's like, do you sense it, Master? I do. And when yes! they, they get kind of closer to there, they kind of like, it's like, they're not really, he's not really going there to like search for parts. It's like, I, I'm going to investigate this, Obi-Wan. You stay here with the ship, stay, stay here with the queen. And you kind of hear that like, that like musical score of like, yeah. like kind of going in as he's like going there and he's like looking at the shop and we just see like Anakin like walking around kind of cleaning up the shop. It's like, Oh hey hey hey! How can I help you? You've thought a lot about this. Uh, and I have. I, I and I totally agree. I and I was thinking the same thing. Like Harry Potter. Like in in Harry Potter, you have powers or you don't. Like it's it's not really a how you just do. And there they, it wasn't. It was yeah. It was also they wanted an excuse to be like, wow, he's off the charts strong. But they also. And I kind of like one percent appreciate the effort, but they were also trying to give it a reason for like 
because I remember the first time I watched Star Wars, I'm like, so can just anybody use the Force? Could Han use it if he wanted to? And no. He, I mean, yeah. they kind of. it's kind of alluded that he is somewhat Force-sensitive, and that's why he's such a good pilot. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Well, maybe Han's not example, well, it's, but... there's a there's a line in the movie that it's that's like he's the only human that can do pod racing. Yes. Yeah. And I just think we didn't I I appreciate that yes because I remember I remember questioning that but giving it just it just seems kind of stupid. I don't think they're that necessary. It could have just been like wow, he's really strong. And I remember I was thinking yeah, and, and I remember thinking like when Darth Vader t- makes note of wow, Luke is really strong like before he knows it's Luke. I uh was thinking like, you know, Obi-Wan never said anything to Luke like, "Wow, you're really strong." And I realized and I and then I realized because we find out in like st- spoiler in Star Wars Rebels, the reason he stayed on Tatooine is to kind of keep an eye out on Luke. So he knows this already. So that actually makes sense. But it just, it's yeah. just, they're a cop-out. It's 100% a cop-out. And I feel like Star Wars Clone Wars kind of makes a better... A little. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it definitely helps out the whole midichlorian force belief issue in, uh, is it the... in yes. season six yeah. with the wills. The wills of the force, um, which is a completely different tangent. So we're just going to jump right back into this. They are now on Coruscant and they're doing the whole uh, uh, appealing to the Senate, which I kind of talked about earlier of not making a whole lot of sense with the overwhelming amount of evidence that they have. I mean, holy shit. Why did they not just show the footage of them getting shot at by the Trade Federation? That 100% would have made them super liable for at least damages. Um, we're just gonna skip over the them leaving Tatooine and selling the pod racer and all that stuff. <laughs> Wait, okay. God damn it, Ben! Which <laughs> it's because there's it's at least the when Qui Gon tries to sell the pod to Watto to get um Shmi freed. That's a whole. That's a pivotal thing to the whole. Well, I thought, I thought, no, I thought that Shmi was, no, because in episode two, Shmi was still a a slave, and then he sold her in in episode two. Well, it's, that's, it's, um, Qui-Gon is trying to convince Watto to, to sell the pod racer to free Shmi. And Watto says no slave, no pod is worth No pod is worth two slaves. No no, no pod is worth two slaves. That's what it is, yes. Yeah. I'm glad we cut back to Tatooine because, uh, and we'll talk about this more in when we talk about Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, but I feel like, and I highly recommend, like you guys, but as well as any Star Wars fan ever, if you haven't checked out the Mandalorian docuseries, I highly recommend it. Dave Filoni, you could probably find this bit on YouTube. Dave Filoni does this really beautifully analyze, like, uh, speech essentially about the uh the tr- the original trilogy and the prequels and how and basically and like what kind of like why everything happened and how the it all really comes back to Anakin more so than Luke so uh, I won't get into that right now but part yeah. of that is because of Qui-Gon because Qui-Gon it would have this is one of the this is right here in the beginning is one of the things that happened that changed the future that 
why one of the many many factors of why Anakin went to the dark side is Qui-Gon dies but also Qui-Gon understands and this is what Dave Filoni is talking about how Qui-Gon understands like he's leaving his mother even though yes he's been a slave this is only everything he's known and he understands that in a way that Obi-Wan doesn't and um, I think the reason for that I've heard is because Qui-Gon was really progressive. He's also kind of, I think like, is it like, I was, I kind of viewed it as he's what the Jedi used to yeah. be or what they should be. And like Obi-Wan is more of a product yes. of like what the council and the Jedi have become. Yeah. Well, and there, there was actually a really, um, uh, interesting line of dialogue that Count Dooku says so, yeah. um, in in the novelization of Attack of the Clones of that uh, I, I'll have to find it when, when we kind of go more into that but he, he basically says that one of the reasons why he left um, the Order prior to um, the events of the movie is that he feels that the Jedi Order they have become Wrapped up so, in politics. Wrapped up in politics, and that when you're around corruption so much that you set, you tend to go blind to it because it's just mm, some okay. it's an everyday occurrence. Like the, the example, like the example that I, I remember hearing was that if you're standing next to a, a, a dumpster that just smells horrible, like such a rancid smell, and you're standing by it every day that the smell eventually kind of gets a little less worse for you. And that's basically what the the Jedi are doing with the current state of the Republic, because Chancellor Palpatine has been slowly corrupting like the very nature and the foundations of the Republic for years, and they haven't been able to do anything or even really sensed anything was going wrong. And yeah, that'd be so, essentially yeah. Palpatine the Sith slowly bringing the power of the dark side back until the Jedi suddenly like realized they can't see anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he it's gotten to the point where like it, he's clouded the entire future that like any Jedi that has like a precognitive ability of like clairvoyance that like Yoda has and like some other uh, some of the other more like prevalent members of the Council, it, it the future is completely clouded. They they can't see anything past and, a certain point. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, and I think that's kind of why I love Dave Filoni's like analysis of the whole thing it's because it's it's a it's so in-depth and it's i didn't think about it that way and even like i remember it like cut to like bryce dallas howard she was one of the directors and even she everyone was just like oh my god like holy crap like i mean dave filoni just he is star wars at this point he, <laughs> he's like i say like he's the padawan of of george well, lucas there's yeah. no one that's worked cl- more on star wars or closer with george lucas than dave yeah no. And I, he's done such great things for Star Wars. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, the Mandalorian, as opposed to um, the sequels, is are so much better because, A, because Dave Filoni is heavily involved. Yeah. And just, it's, like, th- I think also the sequel, the prequels as well, the prequels feel like Star Wars. And yeah. the sequels don't. They really um, don't. Yeah. They and my biggest issue was I remember there was this element of fun 
in A New Hope and, and Empire and Return of the Jedi. And it just was not there in yeah, Force Awakens. Because the stakes were just so damn high, it just didn't feel fun. Yeah, because it, it was just... For the majority of like the original trilogy, it just felt like a fantasy adventure. Like you could relate to a lot of the characters in a new in um with like Ray's character, she was just so naturally good at everything. It made her completely like you you couldn't relate to her because she was perfect at everything, and every single character has flaws. They literally wrote her with zero flaws. Which made her mm-hmm. like so completely unrelatable and made her like one of the most uninteresting characters. Well, it's part of the I, problem with yeah. Force Awakens was basically it was they remember all those things you liked about the other Star Wars movies? We slapped a new coat of paint on them and here they are. Yeah, it's it's literally and just not as good. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a new hope too, electric boogaloo. <laughs> but and then Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, they're both good movies. They just weren't good Star Wars movies. Return of the Jedi, though, I think is a great... I love Return of the Jedi, and I think it's oh, a great ending of... Um... Did I say Return of the Jedi? Yeah, you said yes, Return you of the Jedi. Sorry, I was uh, very Rise, confused Rise of Skywalker. for a second. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's like, dude, the second, you're, you're seven, speaking eight, some Star Wars heresy right Sorry. now. Eight and nine. Like, Episodes yeah. eight and nine. Okay. Okay, yes. Last Jedi, I think, had a lot of That's really was, yeah. great <laughs> things about it. Oh no! It's, you said return. I'm like, I mean, okay, no, yeah, I know sorry, it's not everybody's yeah, I mean, favorite. But, I mean, yeah. it's, like, it's like, it's like Ben. <laughs> what, what? My brain's not working right now for some reason. <laughs> well, um, I, I think that's a, a a good point for us to to stop then. <laughs> yeah, this this will go on for way too long. So I think Seriously. we're gonna break this up into two episodes, um, and that yeah, we'll have them released on the same day. Uh, on may 4th and yeah, yeah to uh, be concluded <laughs> mm-hmm. so until i don't know until you click on the next one uh i'm samantha tomlinson uh i'm kevin tracy and uh if you like this uh feel free to go back to some of our previous ones like lighthouse where ben was a, a guest star if you like to listen to uh, him talk about stuff as well as us yep <laughs> and i'm ben deckard oh and i'm also kevin <laughs> <So> peace. <laughs> See you next time and may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>